Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on, man? Derek, um, a few things, but first I'm going to start with a fact of the day. Preuge. Sure. Preuge. There is a entire town built under a rock. So if you've ever been accused of living under a rock, you'll feel right at home in... I should have picked a different one. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> Sentinel de las Bodegas in Spain. Many of this tiny town's 3,000 residents live and work and play in a gorge beneath a huge rock outcropping where homes are built right into the rock. It provides so much shelter that historians think this area has been occupied by human settlements since the Stone Age. And it's Jesus. literally a giant rock overhang and then buildings built under it so how does an architect or an engineer sign that off validate that that isn't going to fall because if that falls that's hundreds of people dead probably a lot of soil tests and then trying to determine if it's structurally sound enough to support its own weight that's what i'm saying so how do you determine if it's structurally sound enough to support the entire town it's got to be stressful. Well, it's the rock itself that they're testing. They're not testing the town. The well, town's just built under it. But how do you make sure that the rock doesn't fall? Everything around it, probably. I think you're talking out your ass. Well, no. Think about it. <laughs> the, I mean, what are you gonna do? Ask the rock? How are you feeling today? Yeah. You know, like you, you gotta. You're gonna fall. You gotta look at everything around <laughs> the rock, right? Logically. I just don't know who would be like, yeah, this looks like a great place for a town. Apparently, someone in Spain. I don't know. It's wild. Would you ever live there? No. Do you think that they're deficient in vitamin D because they're always in the shade? Probably not. I'm sure they get out there and <laughs> walk around. Well, you said that they even play under a rock. How do you play under a rock? How tall is this rock above the town? 
I'm surprised that you wanted to do a fun fact of the day when you know that I ask absurd questions that clearly you don't know the answers to. I have to do it now. It's been weeks, man. Months, really. Well, welcome back, everybody. We are the Buffalo Happy Hour. Um, if you're new here, thank you very much for joining. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music, literally everywhere else that you could potentially ever get your uh, podcast from. So if you're new here, thank you very much. Consider subscribing, leaving us a like on this video. Leave a comment. Let us know what a favorite part of today's video is or what whiskey would like us to serve you next week. Speaking of that, if you're a part of our Patreon, you already know what whiskey we are going to be reviewing next week because we told you. The good thing about being a patron is that you get to have uh, notification of what whiskey we're going to be reviewing next week. That way you can have input on what we say. Uh, it's a good time. And if you're interested in being a part of our Patreon, you can go to our link tree, and it's our first link that will direct you over there. We have five different tiers for you to choose from, ranging from $3 all the way up to 50 and it's a good time. It's a community over there now. We need to discuss the fact that strangers, family, friends, um, one, have the ability to do that and support a podcast, but then secondly, the fact that someone decided to do that for us. I am shocked. I People can attest to my shockedness. When I saw that first patron come through and I have no idea who they were, I was in awe. I'm like, is he just doing like, is this fraud? <laughs> is I, this what fraud is? <laughs> well, my initial reaction when you texted me, you're like, do you know why I'm asking this question? And then I looked at our email because the next thing you say is, did you see our email? Yeah. Then I did that, saw the notification via the email they sent and then just raised my glass. Like, cheers to you as a human being that you decided that it was worth your time and money to invest in us and this show. God bless. Like I, grateful's a word that's thrown a lot, like around a lot. However, um, it's real. Like this, this is a concept that's very real and very strange. Like someone gets out of bed every day and goes to work and earns money. And then, like, 40% of it goes to taxes, and they keep the remainder. <laughs> and they do that every day. You know this guy's going to be like, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to retract my money. And <laughs> they decided that they loved what we do enough to continue supporting us in a way that's never been a, a thought in our heads when we first started this two years ago and said, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars every month because I want things sooner than other people but I also want to support you guys. That's insane to me. Yeah. Insane to me. So thank you. Um, well, we always made a joke that we would never quit. We literally can't now. Right. Because this is like a thing. So. We were joking that it was going to be a blank end screen because no one would support us. For like 30 years. Yeah. And we didn't even get past... A day, and no, we already have. And people. I had to make a joke where I texted. I was like, "Hey, did anybody sign up for Patreon yet?" <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously the answer is no. And then you're like, "Nope." And then thirty-one hours later, the email shows up. You have a new Patreon. I'm like, "What? God? Like, what? <laughs> what is going on right now? Like, I this mean, is he's insane. close. He's basically God. Yeah, you're the first. Like, there's only one of you. That's insane. So thanks, man. And a stranger. I still can't get over that. 
I still cannot get over that. I'm literally speechless. So, dude, thank you so much. You know who you are. Your name is going to be in the end screen, so everybody knows who you are now. But thank you. I'm going to laugh when it's like that's their middle name, and then we actually know who the person is. (laughs) Right. But that's fine. (laughs) Right now, that's that's not important. If we do know you, don't tell us. Just let it let it ride out because mm-hmm. I'm on this high right now that we actually can impact somebody that we don't know, <laughs> and I'm just loving life. So yeah, everything's fine. Thank you. Yes, for real. It, now, all everyone else, what do you? You're gonna let a strange? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you. So, what are we gonna talk about today, friend? Um, the fact that we have a Patreon and <laughs> it was worth the last 730 days. Right. So. And yes, I just used my calculator to get that number right because I'm mentally fried. Um, leading us into our weekly recap, I am mentally fried. Yep. I forgot to close the gate to my backyard and my dog escaped. So that was fun. And then he almost went to the pound and I immediately thought of every Disney movie and how they... What's the word? Um, Who let the dogs out? No, like their ver- <laughs> like how they how they show you what the pound is like Disney's perspective of it. Like what's that word? What am I trying to I say? Know, I don't watch Disney movies. No, I, I know that, but you're still a human being that's smart with a brain. <laughs> it's um, like all I kept thinking of portrays. Thanks Derek oh. for all your help. How Disney portrays the pound. Gotcha. And I'm like, Sam's going there. Like that's horrifying. So basically what happened is I cut the grass. I was doing, th- you know, three things, four things at once. I, we work. I don't know. 50 hours a week more than that dude hold on 50 hours a week before our normal podcast tasks like all the things follow-up recording editing which is like its own part-time job at this point um all the yesterday interviews. we worked from 7 a.m until 9 p.m yeah but that was just that was just on ground we got there we got we get there a half an hour before everything, and then we set up everything. Then we actually work for the duration of the event, and then there's stuff to do after the event. Then we go home. Which we should talk about the event because the event was awesome. Yeah, so we're easily, easily 65, 70 hours a week work, and then we're still trying to figure out what's going on. So I'm cutting the grass. I have two side gates that enclose my backyard, just like anybody else who's got an enclosed backyard, two sides of my house. The one side was left open for like two days. He goes out, he comes in. He goes out, he comes in. I forgot. Like, didn't even think about it. Because for the last two days, like, it's never been an issue. Right. So then all of a sudden I get a text from Colleen, and I don't look at my phone at work because I, I'm with other human beings. Like, I'm not using my phone. Check it afterwards, after the appointment, and it's a long paragraph. And I'm like, it's 10 o'clock. Like, this isn't normal. So I read it, and... It's all about Sam getting out, and he got out because he was curious, and that's, like, he's a dog, but he's he's curious. Like, mm-hmm. he, he follows his nose, so he's, he's trotting around, no collar, no harness, no leash, nothing, just outside. Leaves the backyard, and then he goes to his corner that he looks at every single day, but now he can, like, walk there. So there goes Sam, and he's walking, so my neighbor sees him outside and doesn't know whose dog it is, which that kind of blows my mind because... It's Sam. Like, he's always outside. Like, that doesn't make any sense. You see my backyard every single day, which is literally where he goes. Like, he doesn't go to the bathroom in the front yard. So, whatever. Um, Neighbor takes him, puts him in his backyard, 
calls animal control. So Sam's in this stranger's backyard, and that's heartbreaking. The cops are showing up, right? Like dog cops, and Colleen's outside looking for him, doesn't know where he is, and all of a sudden the neighbor leaves their house, goes up the road to leave the neighborhood, and sees Colleen looking around. And the neighbor goes, are you missing your dog? And she's like, yes. And he's like, he's in my backyard. Um, I called animal control because I didn't know whose dog it was. And she's like, okay, got it. Are you right over there? And he's like, yep. And she's like, I'm going to grab the leash. I'm going to get him. And she's like, okay, sounds good. So Colleen goes over. Sam sees Colleen. Mom walks to her, tail between his legs, ears back, Mm -hmm. glued to his head. And then tail between his legs the entire way home. Goes home. I come home from work. Middle of the afternoon. Work's over with. Walk in the house. And he looks at me and his tail's wagging because he's happy to see me. And I go, Sam, did you get out today? Ears go right back to, dude, this is hours after it happened. Because this happened at like 9 a.m. And now he's seeing me after work. And tail's just like little nubs, little, little wags. And then his ears are glued back and he's just looking down. And he still knew. I'm like, you were the smartest thing in the world. And you know you can't leave. You know you shouldn't escape. And you know you did something wrong, but you're, you can't stop your own curiosity because you're a dog. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's you. That's who you are. And like, you can't discipline him hours after the fact. You know, right. like, Colleen just told him he was bad, but she's like, at that point, borderline late for work. And right. it was a thing. And, you know, you, you don't beat your dog over it. Like, it's not, you don't know. beat your dog ever. Right. So I just told him, like, you're bad. Like, that was bad, bud. You can't do that. And then I was like, I'm sorry I broke my promise for always trying to keep you safe because I left the gate open. It's both of our faults. Like, yes, you shouldn't have left, but I shouldn't have left the gate open. So it's my fault too. So we'll, we'll snuggle as a family after. <laughs> so I, get, I was like, but you need to give me a big hug. And he, no joke, was sitting, listening to me, and then stood up on his back legs and then tried to put his arms on my <laughs> chest. And I was like, I can't with you, man. Like, <laughs> how do you know that? Yeah. Like, how do you know what I'm saying right now? But he knows. Like, he's the smartest thing in the world. And this is, like, the third time it's happened. Because I'm mentally shot, dude. Yeah. Like, I, in meetings, if I don't take notes. It's gone. 11% of what's spoken stays and the rest is just shot. Like, I I'm, I have to be a note taker because I just forget things. So, it's, you know, we're adapting. And then I told Colleen. If you see the grass is cut, which is obvious because the grass grows like a weed, so it's obvious when the grass is cut, double tap it. Walk around. Like, mm-hmm. if you let out Sam, go in the backyard with him and check the gates. Like, help me because I'm smoked. Yeah. I'm working 60-plus hours weeks. So like, what, what do you want me to do? And then if if we podcast after I go home and keep working because there's so much to learn, and I'm just like – I'm not going to do well if I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right. You know? So, like, there's that. And it's it's a zoo. Does your mind go, because if something ever happens, my biggest fear, <clears throat> you know that my storm door doesn't close very well. Yeah. Or it didn't. I fixed it, but it didn't close very well. So my biggest fear, I actually developed OCD over it to where I had to double check my actual door to make sure it was closed. Because Not because I'm worried about someone coming in and stealing stuff. I don't care if a burglar comes in and steals all my stuff. Not because you just I shoot them. Yeah, I was scared about Cleo escaping when I was gone somewhere. Yeah. Because she would just like, I mean, you know, she's got a bulldozer for a head. She'll just run right through the door. Yeah. And it didn't close very well before. So I developed 
actual OCD where I was going down my street, driving away, and then I had to turn back around to double check that I closed the door because I was so nervous that she was getting out. Because the only thing that plays in my head is her standing outside on the steps of the front door, looking up, being like, why don't they want me in anymore? And it just makes me so heartbroken. Did you have that same thought with Sam? Well, I was sick to my stomach. I texted Colleen. This is verbatim what I said to her. Um, We don't deserve dogs at all. No. So I said, okay, this is what I said to her. I said, all I think about is the pound and Sam being in there and how Disney portrays it. And I can't stop like wanting to cry. That was at 10 o'clock this morning. And then she said, I know me too. I said, as upset as you are with me, don't worry. I am 100 times more upset with me than you'll ever be. And she's like, I know you are. And I know you didn't do it on purpose. I'm like, of course not. Then she sent a heart. I sent her four. And then I said, did you discipline Sam or did you just bring him home? And then she said, he had his tail between his legs the entire walk home and I needed to leave for work. So I just told him he was bad. I was like, it's not his fault. He's just curious. He shouldn't have left, but he can't help it. Like, mm-hmm. he knows. Thank you for not hitting him. Um, I was like, I just want to go home and be with him. I'm sick to my stomach. That's literally what I said. And then she's like, everything is okay now when he's home. I was like, I know. But, like, the same thing. I know he's smart enough to assume the risk. He knows the traffic on that side. Of, like, he only looks at that one spot, mm-hmm. and it's because he wants to go see it. So if that gate's open, that's exactly where he's going to go. And he knows there's, like, no traffic over there. There's been deer over there like a couple times, but, and he doesn't bark. He doesn't, he loves everybody. Like he's such a good dog. And then I was like, what if he's in the pound? Then I'm thinking about him in the pound and he's just sitting there looking at the, like, what's going on? Where am I? And I'm just like, I'm literally going to cry. Like I can't, I can't think about my boy in the, in jail. (laughs) And I was telling him, I'm like, dude, you were going to go to jail today. And then he's just like (laughs) looking at me. I was like, this isn't good. I was like, they have no toys over there. They have no toys in jail. And then he ran over and grabbed his toy. I'm like, I can't, I, dude, I was like numb for like two hours. Cause then she was, when she like in her paragraph, she's like, I, I didn't know where he was. I'm like, and I've, I know that feeling. Cause mm-hmm. when she was at work, he, that was it. And then I saw him like three houses down sniffing on the lawn. He was just smelling sniffs. You know, that's all he was doing is just sniffing sniffs. I'm like, dude, you're harmless, but people don't know that. Yeah. You know, some people drive like animals on the front. So you don't keep your collar on. Sam, even inside? If No. No, yeah, me either. Like, because there's that whole strangle thing when he was crate training, and, like, there's dogs that have strangled themselves on their collar inside their crate trying to get out when they're puppies, so we didn't do that. And then the only time he's got a collar on is if if people come over and we want him to, like, wear his bandana so he's, like, part of the party. Like, if it's Bill Sunday, then he put his Bill things on. But otherwise, no. Like, the only time he wears his collar, harness, and leash is if he's literally on a walk outside the house. But if he's just in the backyard, like, no, he's naked. Yeah, that, that's what Cleo is too, and we ours isn't gated up front. Yeah. So whenever she goes outside, I'm always nervous of like someone walking their dog. Yeah. Down and the she street. takes off, and she's been really good lately. She'll just stare at them and then like look at me and then stare at them and look at me, <laughs> and it's that whole Bill Burskett. Like if you start ex- like showing emotion, the dog's gonna show mm-hmm. the same emotion and start freaking out. So if I'm like, oh my god, Cleo, come here, she's gonna be like. Like, the ears are going to go back, and she's just going to take off because yeah. she thinks that that person is a danger to us. But if you're just like, all right, good girl, come on, let's go inside, then she'll just come. Yeah. But it, it's so heartbreaking. I, I heard something the other day that said, <clears throat> like, when you're single and you're alone, one, that's depressing, but that's not what I'm getting at. But if you're single and you're alone and you don't have any dependents, you don't have uh, anyone that, like, a girlfriend or fiancé or wife or whatever. Or kids. Your happiness is, like... 
it goes from a, a one to a negative one because the worst thing is only happening to you and the best thing is only happening to you. So you're only going from like a one to a negative one. Once you get a dog, it goes from like a negative 10 to a positive 10 because now the worst thing that happens to you will negatively impact your dog and then that makes you sad. The best thing that happens to you can positively impact your dog and that makes it happier. Then it goes on from there. Like wife is like negative 20 to positive 20. Kids are like negative 50 to positive 50 because your circle gets so much more dependent on you as a person that your negatives, yes, can be much worse, but your positives are like you were at a one when you were single. Now you can get up to a 50 of how happy you are. Mm-hmm. But it, conversely, if things start going wrong, you're at a negative 50. You're going downhill. Yeah. And it's just, it's so true with dogs. Your happiness is just like through the roof. And people always say like, how can you, I would never be able to get a dog because I can never live with putting it down. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. But the other 14 years of your life, you're at a, a, a different stratosphere because of how happy you are because this dog is with you. I just don't understand how people can't have pets or have pets that are like outdoor pets. Never understood an outdoor cat. What are you doing? Well, the cat's never home. It's well, like, see yeah. you later. I'm going, going ice skating. Yeah. Like the, what, what's nuts about cats is they come back. Outdoor cats come back. And it's a lot of it is because of food. Well, but, they also have like 75 lives so they can die and then just come right back and be like, yeah, what's up? That was scary. I'm here. Yeah. Cats and dogs are literally apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. They're two different animals. All together, and cats want to do nothing but kill everything. Yeah, I mean, cats are just—they're a different breed. Weird. Yeah, I'm not a cat person. <laughs> I'm a dog either. person. But I don't even understand how people can like not want their dog to be on the couch or in bed with them. Yeah, like it's just—it I boggles don't my mind. Yeah, it's my dog. Like he's—he's he's my best friend. I get mad when I have to go to Home Depot and he's not with me. Yeah. Like I just want to, and I can take him to Home Depot, but I just want him everywhere. Yeah. I want to take him to work. You know, and just let them sit there and just be like, hey. Have you ever, what are the requirements of making your dog like a therapy dog? Do you yourself well, have they, to be they changed a lot of emotional that. distress? They changed a lot of that. Did they? Because everybody was, you know, my peacock is an emotional yeah. support animal and I'm going to take it on the plane and it's going to sit first class. It's like, ah. Yeah. Like it's, you know, and then it's just going to walk up the <laughs> row, you know, up the aisle of the plane, just showing its feathers. Like I want another bag of chips. Get into my seat. <laughs> yeah. Like what do I got to do? But the whole, um, all those regulations changed. It used to just be a couple forms, but I'm going to look up like what you have to do now because after... It was right before the pandemic. They modified all that because people were just getting nuts. Yeah. Nuts. But do do you yourself have to be emotionally unstable to validate that this dog is now an emotional support dog? Or can you basically get your dog certified to be an emotional support dog and then you can just bring them anywhere even though you're emotionally stable? I'm literally putting in Google, do you have to be a mess to have an emotional support (laughs) dog? And I'm going to see what comes up. Emotional support animal, $69. It's a three easy step registration. That's the first thing that came up, but that's an ad. So hold on. Um, The work or tasks performed by a service animal must be directly related to the individual's disability. It does not matter if a person has a note from a doctor that states that the person has a disability and needs to have the animal for emotional support. So... 
So it has to be me myself having some sort of emotional or mental disability where an animal needs to help me personally. Yeah, it needs to warrant the animal, correct? So if you have a mental health disability such as severe depression, anxiety, PTSD, bipolar disorder, ADHD, or other psychological disorders, you may qualify for a emotional support animal. It's, uh, let's see, it is well documented that support animals provide therapeutic benefit. Yeah, I got it. So um, what qualifies a person? To qualify for a emotional support animal in the U.S., so everywhere else, don't know what to tell you. Sorry. Um, its owner must have a emotional or mental disability that is certified by mental health professionals, such as a psychi- uh, psychiatrist, um, psychologist, or other licensed mental health care provider. These may be invisible disabilities. So Autumn Leaf, hook us up, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Because if anybody knows by now who's a train wreck... It's two of us sitting yeah. across from a table. The yeah. Have you ever thought that my sister Autumn Leaf and I talk about this all the time because we were hypochondriacs for a very long time, but <laughs> still are. Have you ever thought that like if dogs can detect whether you have a severe illness, like if they start licking, yeah, they want to nurture you. Yeah. Yeah. And then Cleo just comes up to me and starts licking me. I'm like, what do you know that I don't? <laughs> no, that's never happened. I just think she licks. Yeah, no, I know. I know. But like the one time she'll like, like lick my chest and I'm like, are you telling me that I'm going to have a heart attack in like five minutes or what? But it's crazy how much they know without even you, like dogs, without even you telling them. Like you can even be anxious and Cleo will just walk across the couch and just lay across my chest. And I'm like, I don't know what I did to deserve you. Yeah, nothing. We don't. And we never will. Talking about dogs makes me want to tear up all the time. <laughs> all right, changing subjects. Let's talk about the event that we worked. Yeah, cats. Let's talk about No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, events. So that was awesome. That it was. was cool it was a lot event. of fun. It was a lot of fun. So Mike and I, as you guys have known, we are now filming different events. We're trying to incorporate Buffalo Happy Hour, the brand, into as many small business oriented events as possible. Not the podcast, the 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 brand of Buffalo Happy Hour. We did an event uh, not too long ago with the Western New York Brewers Association and the New York State Brewers Guild to film the Western New York Brewers Fest at Buffalo. It was a great time, Canal Side. It was very busy. It was actually packed. There was forty five plus breweries there. We recorded over a hundred videos and it was a great time. I am still swimming in the edits. It's going to take me eons to do, um, but that was a, a very, very fun event. We didn't even get to have beer at all. I was like, kind of upset about it because I was so parched, but... It's a blessing. But it's a blessing, yeah. And we were so busy. Yes. We were interviewing people. We brought the new lens that we have uh, on the cameras right now, and the the video quality of what we do has skyrocketed. It's all like doing and practicing and like if I could give anyone advice if you wanted to film something document something start a podcast it's practice makes perfect as cliche as that sounds if you go back to our first episode we're train we're still train wrecks but if you go back to our first episode we didn't even know what the hell we were doing but practice makes perfect and just stop creating excuses and just do it we didn't have any filmography experience, cinematography, videography experience. We were just like, hey, we'll do this for free. Eventually, you'll pay us, but we'll do this first one for free to show you what we can do. 
and then we'll just grow from there. We've done that event. What were your thoughts on that Western New York Brewers Fest? It was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Um, you know, it was a super spreader event, but that's fine. It was outside. So it was cool to walk around, be in a zoo of people, and they respected what we were doing, which was wild. We've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Like, generally, people are oblivious. To be fair, I was surprised they weren't, like, all half in the bag. Right. But we showed up with cameras, and people would walk around us so they weren't in the shot. I'm like, this is not Like, is it because everybody's got a cell phone and everyone's annoyed about that one guy that walks while you're trying to take a photo? Probably. But it's really cool that they're now giving us their respect, and they're total strangers. We don't know who these people are. Um, so that was neat. And then it was cool to see other people recognize us with our because we were obviously branded. Yeah. So that was cool. Like president co-founder of Big Dish, he's like, "Hey man, what's going on? Like so glad you guys are here. Like enjoy it. You yeah. know, like all this is going on." I was like, "Wow, that's really cool." Um and then Ashley from Brazen. Yeah, Brazen Brewing, but then her friend, yeah, or Steph, Steph was at Brazen, yep. right? And then her friend Ashley, yeah, she's like, "Yeah, why do I know that guy in the blue?" With the hat, with the backwards hat, and it was like because you watch all his videos. I was like, that's hysterical. Like that's really cool yeah. that people are you know getting to that point. Again, weird. Um, but yeah, that was that was neat. And then the news was there, so we were kind of around. And what we're are you me- gonna do? We're media people, we're the press. Yeah, it's like right. what are you gonna do? But it's it is what it is. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, but so kind of going off to the suggestion of what I just said not too long ago is that practice makes perfect is we went into that event kind of blind blind because you and I one didn't know the layout of the space because not we they honestly really didn't either. This was the second time that I was at Canal Side. So it was all kind of up in the air. We went in blind and with us being still new at filming these type of events, we didn't have an outline we just filmed as much as we could, mm-hmm. which, yes, is technically a beginner's mistake, but the more you film, the more content you have to make into a video that is serviceable. That was a great event. But then we upped our game because there was another event. Tell them about the other event. Nickel City Pretty hosted a mocktail event, which is a non-alcoholic cocktail. Six different establishments from around Buffalo met at Hartman's and had a competition that was not free. People bought tickets on Eventbrite and everything else, and they voted on, you know, three of the six. Each person got three votes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. the logistics. Yeah, it was either one or three votes that each person got, and then you were allowed to try all six. And they came in like little cups, and people showed up at Hartman's, and then we were there with a major. I mean, we brought everything, but then we brought in a small sample of our equipment just to make sure we could capture what we could capture and literally ran around and got as much footage as humanly possible. And we kind of have a mindset of like B-roll footage, Mm slow-mo, and then each asp like we we're now at the point where we're thinking about what is someone's experience in their eyes when they walk in the door. So you're going to see the guy tear tickets or like tear bracelets that you wear to go to the bar, capture it. You're going to see people vote, capture it. You're going to see really cool cocktails being made, capture it. Like the whole experience, yeah. but then also mindful of someone's privacy where you're not just like, hey, man. Right. Like, so you have 
you're getting footage, but then you're also being mindful of your frame and keeping it below their eyes so you only see, like, cheekbone down. Like, it's really cool to kind of have that power of, I'm going to respect you, but I'm still going to capture the fact that you're having a blast. By the way, your outfit's on point. So, like, you're going to – because everyone dresses up when they got Hartman's, which is really cool. But it was neat. I mean, it was really cool to walk around – no pun intended. It was really cool to walk around and capture as much as possible, and then you get random comments of – Hey, can you take our photo? It looks like you guys know what you're doing. Just because we're walking around with our equipment. I was like, first of all, we don't. This is probably (laughs) going to be blurry, but go Bills. (laughs) You know, like you're just having fun with people. So it's really neat. And that footage was great because it was a smaller space, but then also we were able to utilize our creative aspect, um, but then also capture, in essence, what they hired us to do. Like, hey, man, come and capture it promote it like show your talents show my talents we'll collab and we'll just have fun with this entire event at hartman's and then obviously you know justin and jen are great people and they're just whatever you guys need to do like yeah floor is yours it's great you can't beat that yeah and like with that first event at the western eric brewers event we went home and we're like how can we improve for the next event so for the mocktail event we went in with the plan yeah we went in with, we want to interview these people. We want to capture this type of information. We want to capture this person. We want to capture this action. We want to get close-up shots of this. We recorded with the edit in mind, which I think is huge way for better. the way that we did things with this event compared to last event. Yeah, The Western Eric Brewery's footage will come out great, but the amount of stress that was put on us to capture everything was significantly higher because we didn't know how what we needed it. to capture. Yeah. Whereas during this mocktail event, we knew what we needed to capture and we did it very well. Agreed. The only issue with this event was that lighting was tough. Well, but that's out of our control. Yeah. So we can't really do much. So you might be seeing some graininess, but that's because the ISO is freaking jacked all the way up to the sky because we had to insert artificial light. But it was it was such a cool event. The cocktails were or the mocktails were on point. Yeah, which they is were so good for a non a non alcoholic cocktail. It was wild to see what these people came up with, and it was what was the one? It was a pine cone drizzled in honey. Yeah, from Marble like, and Rye. Yeah, they, like what? They like soaked the pine cone in beeswax to give off like a piney honey aroma when you're sipping your cocktail. That place is so bougie. I love I know, going there. I love it. And it's all small small plates. Yeah. Like it's. It's an expensive outing, but it's so nice. It's yeah. it's like fine dining in Buffalo, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Everything they do is on point. So if you guys aren't aware of her, Nickel City Pretty, go follow her on Instagram. She mm-hmm. is a she's a sweetheart. I that's love her. That's right? her handle. Yeah. Nickel City Pretty. Yeah. She. The event was awesome. It's probably going to be an annual thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope it's an annual thing. And she does other stuff as well. She's like a lifestyle blogger. So if you are interested in that, go give her a follow. She she's a great person, and she put on a, an amazing event last night. No doubt. First beep. I it's not programmed. I mean, what? How much time? Beep. We at? Yeah, there you go. How much time we at? Thirty something minutes. <sighs> Mega fan's gonna literally be Thir- upset. Thirty five minutes. Goodness gracious, dude! It's not programmed. I took the wrong SD card. <laughs> what are you gonna do? But yeah, man. Roll with it, it, man. Yeah. Roll with it. So coming up, we have finally, they are booked in the calendar. After months and months and months, we are going to sit down with Hotachats and Hops. 
Oh yeah, I'm, and I'm so what excited. Are you talking about you'll learn the real name soon, but um, I'm pretty sure people can figure it out. Maybe, maybe we'll see. So we're excited for that. That'll be a lot of fun. And then High Peaks is coming out, which that was a really cool interview, just to kind of dive into what they do and how yeah. they do it. So that'll be released once this goes live. Yeah. Yeah. Keep talking. And then we have our labels in, which means we are, let's see, day, I would still say weeks, weeks away from our single barrel with three chord bourbon releasing. So we had to go through the U.S. global supply chain fiasco post pandemic, which is just a zoo. And in that, the latest issue was the glass bottle shortage and then because of the glass bottle shortage that added like weeks onto when this was supposed to come in and then we got the labels printed so they sent a proof we sent a revision they sent back the proof all as well and now we're able to sit here and say that the labels are being printed for each bottle um 120 total bottles which is super cool and it's got like a Justin said it was kind of like a Gatsby theme, which I agree with. It's kind of like a speakeasy, great Gatsby feel vibe to the label. So we're excited for that to come out and be officially set on the bottles. And Derek is opening a package because he's a six-year-old child and can't wait until we're done recording. So, and he's knocking lights and just getting after it. So we got um, our single barrel with three cord coming out in the matter of by the time this airs. Um, days, if not weeks, so or weeks, if not days, rather. I don't know if I really thought this through. Of course you did. <laughs> what else is new? We just go full send on everything, man. Correct. So what's in the what's in the box? So vacuum jar. Just kidding. We are upgrading some equipment, and I'm excited to show everybody. Are you? Yeah. Clearly, I'm thrilled. I just like upgrading stuff. Yes, you do. So if anybody is interested in photography, videography speak, we now have a 50 millimeter 1.8 lens. We are recording right now with a 30 millimeter, well, two 30 millimeter 1.4 lenses. Um, and? We have a 16 millimeter 1.4 lens, which is this one right here for those wide angle shots. You're, you laugh, but dude, these are coming going to come in so clutch. Oh, I know. With so many different shots. I'm just, I'm smiling because you're like a four-year-old when it comes to all this. Look at you're that lens. so excited. Look at that lens. Yeah, it's disgusting. We're literally like wedding photographers. Like, I don't even understand what's happening. Well, check out this one. This one's the coolest one. It's in another vacuum jar. There you go. Throw it over the shoulder. That's good. That's fine. I'm literally just clearing notifications so I can focus because I have an OCD with my phone. Except I don't have an OCD with my backyard gate, but I'll smoke myself for that later. So, no big deal. Look at that one. Look at this freeze. This looks like a spaceship. <laughs> what are we going to do with that? And they all came with uh, ND filters and caps. This dude that I bought these from was amazing. I bought them all on Facebook Marketplace. If you're, I'm giving all my tips away. But if you are an up-and-coming photographer or you want to get into some of this stuff, don't waste money on new st new lenses at all. Dude, these lenses together, all five of these that I have, that we I bought, have. that we have, yeah, all five of them <laughs> that we have is new, has to be 
twenty five hundred three grand new. Yeah, if yeah, if not more. Dude, these are wild, and they all came with filters. This thing is sick because this is an eighteen to one hundred five lens, so this is going to be like super wide angle, but then you can get really close detail shots. So this would have came in clutch last night at the, uh, the mocktail event. Yeah, it was supposed to come in yesterday, but it didn't. But uh, why does this have a Sony cap? This isn't a Sony. I'll hit them. That one has a Sony cap too. Yeah, I knew yeah, that that was. But a it's Sony. a Sony. Yeah, this is a Sony. Would you look at that? I thought that they were all Sigmas. I even made out better than I thought I did. Oh um, but yeah, so these lenses are going to come in absolute clutch for any type of events that we do when you're filming. I we dove way too deep into a lot of this stuff. Duh. And <clears throat> when you're filming a video. I got to clean all this up after. <laughs> when you're filming a video, you should get angles of different focal lengths, different zooms, different all that stuff. With our um, cameras? With our kit lenses that came on the cameras. Mm-hmm. They're uh, 16 to 50 millimeter, um, 3.5 to 5.6 focal length. Those are decent lenses for starters, but you don't get that blurry background and all that stuff. That's why we upgraded to these lenses at first, these 30 millimeter 1.4s, which give you that blurry background. So like behind me, behind Mike, you know it's back there because you've been following us for 106 episodes at this point, but you can't really see it. Like you don't get a lot of the detail. That's adding to the shot every single time. This thing now has a fixed aperture of an F4. So when you zoom in on these the kit lenses that we used to have, when you zoom in, it would change from a 3.5 to 5.6. This is fixed. So I can zoom in all the way to 108 millimeters, and it still maintains F4, mm-hmm. which means I can get so close, and everything will be blurry. It's going to be beautiful. I am so stoked for this lens. But now I'm done. I'm done. We bought everything that we needed to. We're done. So I got another lens coming tomorrow. Let me tell you about this one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's what happens. I'm, just, I'm so excited. So what about happens? This. this is it. So yeah, our content's going to be sweet going forward. So if you're uh, excited to see that, then hop in. You know, I mean, we got seats on the train. Put it that way. Yeah. If we were doing, do you want more whiskey? Or are you good? I'm good. Okay. If we didn't do this videography stuff that we're doing now, we would have had no reason for these. But since we're doing this. We need to have options, the ability shots. to do different shots, exactly. Yeah. Or else this footage is not going to be engaging. So that's how I justify this. And the discounts on these from Facebook Marketplace, unreal. I hope that they turn out good. <laughs> I hope that they're actually good lenses. But like, look at that thing, dude. That thing's enormous. I am so excited. I can't wait to drop it. What? I think this is actually an ND filter on here. Does that break it? <laughs> Hello? I don't know. This is a filter, right? Probably not. No, it has to be. We'll play with it. Yeah, it's a filter. Whatever. Anyway. So what else do you want on, Mike? <laughs> this is what happens every time Derek gets a package off Amazon, or in general. He just like goes through all the things, reads everything, and then stares at it, and then just goes outside like a little four-year-old and just walks around with his new toy. Yeah. I'm going to walk around the neighborhood with this thing, and I'm going to be, like, zooming into people's windows and everything. Yeah. Like, hey, Add a little more milk <laughs> to your granola. <laughs> when did you get a Peloton? Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for these. I think this is going to be sick. 
Hell yeah. Cheers. Um, so if you didn't watch this past Wednesday whiskey review, we got we reviewed the Sassanac whiskey. It is from one of the actors in Outlander and Men in Kilts. So if you're interested in hearing about it, it was we were both pleasantly surprised with how it tasted. When yeah, you no get doubt. actors and um, famous people involved in whiskey, sometimes whiskey enthusiasts get a little skeptical because now they're just trying to sell themselves. Uh, or sell the whiskey for much higher just because they're on it. Sell yourself, sell yourself son. Uh, but, yeah, this actually turned out pretty good. You sure you don't want any more? Yeah, positive, okay. man. All right. You're good. You enjoy it. So you talked about what we have coming up. Yes. And then I talked about the update on our single barrel with three cord. We did not talk about the Addies event, mm-hmm. which we really haven't talked to or talked about a lot. Like at all, um, but it's another event, and we're. I have a feeling, especially now because of lenses, you're just gonna be walking around. Oh, dude, I got this. Oh, I got. I got this shot. I'm gonna go stand over on the top of the shelf and yeah. zoom in on this chick's hair. I wonder if they would let me get on the roof. Oh my god! <laughs> and then I'll be behind the table, networking and promoting and discussing, and it'll be fun. So. Addie's is doing their yearly giant blowout event and invited us to be a part of it. And the distributors have booths. We have booths and we're going to go there and they have different private samplings and tasting events that are going on. And we're fired up for that because the reps are now realizing that we do do whiskey reviews and they're helping us out, which is great. And then um, it'll just be a way for the North Downs. To hear more about Buffalo Happy Hour and all the tiers of things that we do. So I'm excited to have those conversations. That's on a Saturday morning, and it's going to go until the afternoon. And we are good to go for Sunday for football. Oh, yeah. And tonight is a Thursday. So basically immediately after this, there will be some computer work and Thursday night football because Trevor Lawrence is playing Joe Burrow. So – <clears throat> Being a Clemson fan that you are, uh-huh. what is your reaction on Joe Burrow or uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence so far? So, what do you think his problem is? Partly the system, but a lot of it is there's nothing around him. His offensive line is not great, and his weapons are. He's got like what a receiver. His go-to running back is out for the season. You know, like it's he's hurting a little bit, mm-hmm. and that front Joe Burrow's got like a stacked offense which is nice but joe burrow also has a year in the league on him yeah. so there's that but kind of joe burrow ex- also died correct to an extent he blew out his knee but yeah it's i have no qualms with how trevor's performing like sure did you want him to come in and do like patrick mahomes things absolutely however do you think if he cut his hair he would play better no derek <laughs> golly gee <laughs> He's made a couple rookie mistakes, no doubt, especially the one pick six that he had last week. But he's also made really, really difficult throws. Yeah, that's why I'm excited to watch tonight because yeah. I haven't been able to watch him or Joe Burrow in a really long time, in a while because they're yeah. not prime time. Right. So when else am I going to be able to watch that? And if I put on another on a four o'clock game, it's always friggin' Miami or New England. I hate watching them. I know, especially because I hate Miami and Mac Jones is an idiot. So I just don't like watching them, even though this week's game is going to be really good with Mac Jones and uh, Tom Brady. That's going to be a very interesting game to watch. But all the rookie QBs are struggling this year. 
Every single one of them. Yeah. None of them are playing well. Justin Fields literally threw or had like seven total yards. Well, yeah, it's the Bears. Same thing. I don't think that I mean, they're... they have an elite receiver, though, and a good running back. They should be much better than they are. Yeah, but their they're quarterback not. room is terrible. And they have an elite defense, or like a pass rush defense. I'm convinced it's better. just, it's it's got to be coaching. Oh, yeah. 100%. Well, you see, Sam and Darnold leaves the Jets, and he's a star again. The OC in Chicago is horrendous. Yeah. And I know your feelings. I know your feelings on Dable. Mm-hmm. But things could be worse. Dude, we scored more points than the AFC East combined it's last wild, week. It's wild, isn't it? It's wild. What are you upset about? I'm convinced you just don't like him. No, I told you what I was upset about. I just think that he makes some terrible calls in some clutch situations, and last week and Miami were easy games to play for. What if they weren't his for. calls? What if somebody else interjected and overstepped and said, no, we're not doing that, we're doing this? What if that happened? I mean, it And could. it's not Dable's fault. How do but we know? he's the offensive play caller. So who it doesn't would, mean anything. Josh Allen audibles all the time. Yeah, but there's that. McDermott could be like, "Nah, we're we're gonna risk it. We're just doing this now. Who knows?" I mean, maybe I'm saying that the offensive play calling is terrible, and that's Brian Dable's job. So unless I have Even more last information, week? yeah, dude, you and I were driving back from from Fredonia, and we were saying the game plan. We were saying Washington is a good team. They have a good front four. Yeah, but we watch so what sports, we need to do, bro. right? But if you and I can do that, so can Dable. I wouldn't expect him to call a terrible game last week because you and I knew the plays. Did you listen to our local sports radio on Monday after the game? Yeah, some of it. They did nothing but praise Dable and his perfectly fine-tuned game plan that fit the entire game. Even even the adjustments that Washington made. Literally, you and I made the exact same play calls. We made recommendations, Derek. That were exactly the same. I said from the beginning... We need short passes. Beasley's going to get 15 targets. There's going to be short routes. There's not going to be any bombs. Wide and it's receiver all going to be play actions. Yeah, that's exactly what we did. It was does not take – if I can figure it out, I would expect Dable to have a good game. <laughs> the game that I'm more concerned about from Dable's perspective is Pittsburgh. You had a full 40 minutes – or a full game. Not 40 minutes, obviously. A full 60 minutes, a full game, and you didn't make any good adjustments – and the adjustment that you did make for the fourth and one, which was a stupid play call, sure it could have been whoever's decision, but the offensive play calling in that game was terrible, and that's Dable's job, so I'm blaming him. Unless someone else comes out and takes responsibility for it, I'm blaming him because it's his responsibility. The offensive play calling when we were against a good defense was absolutely atrocious, and that's what I'm getting at. I think you just like blaming Dave, that I hate Dable. I know, but you literally do just hate I him. hate his you, play calling. Dude, you were so mad at him for the first – since Josh Allen was drafted, mm-hmm. and I literally because had I to don't exp- think that his play calling is good. And I had to explain to you there's levels to what his system is. It's not just a play call. Sure, it's a system. And I I told you too. I like him as a head coach. He would be a great head coach because he has amazing mentor skills. He is a very good guy who can groom talent. But he should not be responsible for making offensive play calls because he's not a good play caller. Yeah, I don't score mind the guy. 30 plus points. It doesn't matter, dude. What do you mean it doesn't matter? It's the NFL. But okay, it's so a I'll top turn that, 1%. So I'll what turn are, that back around. What you. about the defensive coordinator for the teams we play against? Are they all just trash then? So I'll turn that back on you. The 35 points that we scored against Miami, how do we know that it wasn't Josh Allen audibling from Brian Dable's atrocious play calls? And that's why he made 35 points. Because he wouldn't audible every single play. Well, same thing back to me. Why I don't like Dable? Because <laughs> Allen wouldn't audible every single play. 
All I know is but that there's some terrible. we still scored 35 terrible. points. Okay, great. And that could have been all Josh Allen's audibles or his amazing decision-making. So then what about receivers. the defensive coordinators every single week that we play? Are they just horrendous and all garbage and none of them should play? Because how would you attack the Bills' offense? You don't, like. There's a good argument to have that Washington's play callers were terrible because they had zero answer for our game. We did the same exact play over and over again. Did the entire we game. Oh, yeah. Our offense? It was all screens. All screens. All short passes. If you do that, then you scheme around that. We didn't throw any long balls. We threw like five. <laughs> You're contradicting yourself. If we don't I'm throw any old. long balls and we don't throw any long balls, it's not just five. All of that keeps a defense honest, specifically the run game. Which is what I told you, that one play, where you're just like, why are we running the ball here? I'm like, to keep them honest so that we keep the, the passing game that is working open. You have to. You can't just go outside, 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 because then they'll adjust the next series. So you have to change things up. It's constantly playing chess. Sure. But I don't think that the play calls so then what about So why don't you bash all the defensive coordinators that we've played since Josh Allen was drafted? Because I do. No, you don't. You don't. don't You don't say any. You don't say anything about the because that's not our team. Defensive coordinators. What does that matter? It's not our team. My argument is not about how everyone else is better than Dable. It's that his offensive play calling is not very good. That's my whole argument. So other defensive coordinators aren't. Then I'm going to give you the headset. You go. Okay. So this week we play who? Houston. Not even worth the conversation because it's Houston Texans. Not at all. After that we have the Chiefs. (laughs) What are we going to do against the Chiefs? I don't know. I'll let you know after I watch the game this week. Listen, I'm not saying I'm better than Dable. I'm just saying that his uh, play calling is suspect. You can't just go to the extremes and say, okay, you do it. I'm not saying I could do it. I'm saying Dable's not good. I'm totally okay with our offense, which has been in the top five offenses since he's been in his position, realistically, and since we've had our current roster. Like, our offense is great. It comes down Mm -hmm. to little executions that the players have to execute on. There's also that. And then secondly... It's. I think that's a lot of it, is the players have to execute. So if they slip up, it's the top 1% to ever play the game around the world. Right. They're going to blow it up. So it's not necessarily a play call. It might just be the execution. on. Like, there's levels to what actually the outcome is. So, I mean, it's the same thing. A coach can make a call, and then all of a sudden they're either the, the hero or they're a villain and they're going to get fired. Okay, so let me F- ask you a question. Th- fourth and one in Baltimore – Harbaugh looks at Lamar and says, are we going for it? What do you want to do? He's like, Coach, I'm going to go for it, and then I'm going to get this first down. He said, okay, God bless. I have total faith in you. He's praised a hero because he converted the fourth down. Mm-hmm. If he fails, what do they do for Harbaugh? Is he on the hot seat? Like, so let me or, ask you or a question, does the man. offensive coordinator step in and say, we can't do that? These analytics came in and said this. Like, We're going to do this because I'm the OC, and then if we don't do it, blame me and fire me. Like, what? I mean, there's it's an NFL team. There's players, there's coaches, there's staff, there's people that find analytics, that run numbers, that do all this crazy sh- sh- to determine what they're going to do. I mean, you can't – to just single-handedly say we have one of the best – off. we scored five touchdowns with one player last week, and it's like, nah, play calling is suspect. I could have developed that. I just don't buy it. Like, there's so much that goes into it that blaming one offensive coordinator is just I, – I, I don't know. I just think it's weak. Okay. Well, then let me ask you this. One, you're basing it off of one game, which is Washington, that we had a good week. That's great. Two, Pittsburgh was terrible, and I think you can agree that Pittsburgh was terrible. And three, when 
at what point are we able to blame the offensive coordinator? Because everything that you just lined up, we're just supposed to say, if the team's good, the team's good. If the team's bad, the team's bad. And no one is responsible for anything because it can be anyone's responsibility. Since we That's were, what you're telling me. Since we were four, right, mm-hmm. we went from everything's fine, we're in the Super Bowl, and then the drought for 17 years of our life where we did nothing but have a revolving door of front office between – Coaches, coordinators, GMs, owners, like you name it. Mm-hmm. It was just a revolving door. There was no stability. Right. Dable shows up, and we have what we have. I, For me, it's very difficult to say he should be fired. He's not good just because he has suspect play calling. And I can't do his job, but, yeah, like he's not good. I don't like him. Like f- From what we had with the talent we had, because – the previous GMs and previous head coaches did bring a lot of talent. We overpaid all of them, but we had a lot of talent, but then we didn't do anything with them because there was no system, there was no culture, there was no continuity, there was nothing, mm-hmm. and that was it. If, it, I mean, if we fired an offensive coordinator every single year because of – I'm not sus- saying we fire him. But, I'm dude, you've hated him since good. he's been sure. our offensive coordinator. Okay, I'm not saying we fire him. I'm just saying his play calling is not good sometimes. Like – Pittsburgh. It was you, not good. Dude, you've literally said I hate Brian Dayball. Okay. I can't I can't stand it. And I was like, well, I don't what do you want, man? Like, we're scoring we've scored 21, 28 points before halftime, which a lot of teams struggle to get 10 points consistently week after week for the past three years. For the previous 17 years, we've been horrid. Okay, that's fine. I don't care about the past 17 years. I'm talking about these past couple weeks or these past couple years, our off- our offensive play calling has not been good. Whether that's Dale or someone else, we haven't. I, I don't know how it's not good when we score so, thirty plus points a week. Mike, I, I understand we score thirty plus points a week, but that could be because we have Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and we have an insanely talented roster. You can get by a terrible play call with an insanely talented roster if you call a fourth but and we, one. But we haven't Mike, listen, for seventeen listen, years. Listen. If you call fourth and one and you have an insanely talented running back back there, like, I don't know. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Then you're lateraling it seven yards back and you're expecting him to run eight yards for a fourth and one. Sure, that's a terrible offensive play call, but you have a stellar person back there that can execute that. You're going to lateral it back eight yards with Devin Singletary, who is known not to really bust through tackles, but that's your offensive play call. That's a terrible offensive play call. Another example. Hold on. With Let the, me answer okay. that right, example. Mar- fourth and goal, give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Everyone knows it's going to Lynch. Everyone knows it's going to Derrick Henry on a fourth and one. They're going to stack the box, blow up the play. Mm-hmm. You have to do something to change that to actually convert it. So what if everyone thought it's either going to Beasley or Diggs? So you get up to the line, and that's what the defense shows. Then give it to Singletary because the last – Ever since we've been in this position, the, the defense is showing us this. We're going to give it to Singletary because it doesn't make sense. And if it doesn't work on a fourth and one, but you still have most of the field to your advantage and you have a top three defense in the league, it, you're willing to take that as an offensive coordinator because no one suspects that going to Singletary who's 5'9", 5'10", 210 pounds for a one-yard gain – like, of course it doesn't make sense, but that's the point. It's because it's supposed to spread out the defense so that you can see what they're going to do. You can't always just do the obvious. Dude, it's fourth and one. Why don't you just do this? Because the defense is also – it's a chess game. 
I understand that. But statistically, that play does not make sense. That's what I'm getting at. Statistically, it does not make sense. You have one of the best oh rushing God. quarterbacks at a fourth and less than one. You wouldn't do a dive? You wouldn't run Josh Allen right up the center? No, I wouldn't. Okay. Because I'm also not going to try to get him hurt. Okay. Well, again, I'm saying that that play did not statistically make sense. <laughs> okay. Okay. You can have your opinion on him, dude. I'm not know, telling I'm you not, I'm that not you saying, have to say that he's a good cor- he's a good offensive coordinator. I just all I'm saying is respect my opinion that I don't like him. I do. I question it. That's all. Well, you don't have to agree with me. I told I'm you not saying I'm ever going to. That's I'm just fine. saying I question why you don't like him, and it's just and I've your only your only your only reason is you you think his play calling is suspect, mm-hmm. but then when somebody when I not somebody when I bring up other football reasons around it. At a higher than football or high school football level knowledge base, which you do to like, it's all of it goes away because there's all go away. There's so much more at play, dude. Okay. If they if they put eleven in the box, you don't just give it to Derrick Henry or Devin Singletary and hope that they can just get it. Like there's everything that I mentioned comes into it. And then it's just like, it's still suspect. Statistically, it makes no sense. I'm not for it. Okay, but I just want to point out really quick that you are the minority in this situation because all of the NFL analysts that I've heard from agree with me that that was the stupidest play call that we could have made in that decision. Tossing it back eight yards for Devin Then why do they praise him every single week for having a fantastic offense? Because maybe these other offensive plays were good. But in that situation, it was not good. Yeah, but you, you have one of those instances every week for four years. Every week sure. you hate him. Okay. And then you just revolve to one play in 2021. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense to me. That's right. horseshit. Well, it's fine. If you don't like him for four years, I need something more than one play where you say it's suspect in 2021. All right. I'll start writing down every single thing that I don't Go like ahead. about him, and I'll tell you next week. Love it. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you, everybody. We are the <laughs> Buffalo Happy Hour Podcast. If you do want to continue to support us, please feel free to hit that subscribe button, the like button, and also comment down below. Let us know which favorite part of today's episode was because we're going to be back here with more content for you next week. This is episode 106, right? Yeah, yeah 106. 106. And next week we're using that, and we're going to zoom in on your freaking yeah. beard. Oh yeah. We're going to zoom in in your face when I embarrass the hell out of you. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. <laughs> Have a good day. Please remember to drink responsibly. Play in college, and we'll go from there. And Michael. Do not litter. We're out. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.